So the question is, tithing is God's way, if you have a lesson four, of, of what? Financing his work, right? Malachi uh, says what? Bring the what? The whole tithe into the storehouse. Why? That there may be what? Food in my house. We went over this last week. I'm just kind of recapping. The Old Testament Jew was to bring what? His tithe to a what? Special room in the temple in order to meet the needs of who? The priests and the expense of the temple. There was what? This was God's plan. Am I right? To finance his temple and take care of the needs of his priest. Amen? So, so if you ever wanted to know what God's plan was, God's plan for global evangelization was always using the tithe, amen, as a way of financing the church. So, you know, I sit back sometimes and I say to myself, the non-tithers want to enjoy the benefits of the tithe. And that's unfair to who? The tithers. But here's the thing. We understand that we're not all there yet. So through God's grace, we're not going to knock the non-tithers. We're going to pray for them and ask God to change their hearts. Amen. You, you follow what I'm saying? Because it starts with the heart. It starts with the heart. And then the second step to staying consistent. See, here's, let, me, let me say this. You have to recognize when something is in your heart. Amen. When there's no connection, when there's no devotion, when there's no commitment, when there's no dedication to God, then something is going on in your heart. And here's the thing. When something is in your heart, it affects your pocketbook. Amen. I promise you it does. And so I told you last week that not only that, but how do we apply this principle to the 20th century church? Well, if you look here, it says start by what? Bring in the what? The whole tithe into where? Into where? All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Now, Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. And he's talking to them about the gift that they had promised, which they had not made good on. See, that's another thing. If you make a promise or a pledge, uh-huh, amen, make sure that you what? You keep your pledge, amen? What does it say? Now, concerning the what? The collections for the what? For the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia... So do you also on the what? First day of what? Every week, which is when? Sunday. Each one of you is to put aside and what? Save. Notice, notice the financial plan here. God, Paul was saying, listen, I'm not telling you bring all your money. What I'm saying is put aside and also what? Save. That's good stewardship. Look what he goes on to say. He says, as he may what? Prosper so that what? No collections be made when I come. Now, notice 
the promise that's tied into the text. What's the promise? Look at the passage. He says what? Put aside and save. What's the promise? Ah. As he may what? As he may prosper. Now, some translators say, you put aside as you have prospered. But I like what the New American Standard said. It says, you put aside and save as he may what? Prosper so that no collection. See, here's the thing. What Paul was saying is, you have to plan your giving. Some people come to church and say, you know what? Oh, man, I forgot my pocket, but I forgot my wallet. I forgot the money at home. Here's the thing. God says, yeah, I understand that. But just think about this. When you pull a move like that, Amen. Guess what happens? What do you think happens? The church, somebody didn't get paid that day. Some ministry did not get funded that week. You you understand what I'm saying? So what Paul was saying, listen, be responsible with what God has given you. Amen. I knew I had to go get my my tithe today. Before I left, I left home on time. I just drove to the bank a few minutes ago. Amen. Put my card in, got got my tithes, and I came on to church. Amen. Because I do not want to be the one, amen, that not only hinders a ministry, but hinders the church. Amen. So if I'm going on vacation or whatever the case may be, but here's the thing. I've never not, listen, how do you forget to bring the money to church? That's the first question I have. (laughs) You understand? I I mean, I understand it happens. I understand you may put it under your pillow or something like that. But here's the thing. How do you, how do you forget that that's part of worship? Come on, somebody. I'm trying to show you something. Paul is saying, listen, when you come, Put aside at the first day of the week and what? And save so that what? No collections be made when I come. Look at verse 3. When I arrive, whomever you may approve, I will send them with, with what? Letters to carry what? Your gifts to who? Jerusalem. And if it is fitting for me to go also, they will go with me. So what Paul was saying, listen. We promised that we would take care of the church. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to make good on it. And not only are we going to make good on it, but what we're going to do also is is this. We're going to make sure that what we pledged, amen, we're going to make good upon that upon that promise. Amen. And so and so let's 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 go on and read. It says the New Testament pattern seems to be that the church is more of a conduit than a what? Right. The local church is the giver's primary primary what? Spiritual community. For example, the New Testament believer gave his money to the church in order to fulfill the injunctions found in the following passages. So let's go to Galatians 6.6. 
So now we went from Old Testament, and here we are in the New Testament. Now, if you were here for um, anniversary, Dr. Baines preached from this passage. These are some of the obligations or the injunctions, if you would, given to the New Testament church. Paul made it very clear what we ought to do. Verse 6, it says what? Somebody read that for me. What does it say? Stop right there. Remember what he titled that sermon? Who and who? That was the title of his of his sermon when he came for anniversary in June, July. Who and who? So first of all, let's talk about the first who. Who's the first who? <laughs> it's what? It's us. The one who is what? Now, now, can I ask a question? Are you being taught the word of God here at the Vision Church? Has your life been made different since you've been taught the word? I mean, you can say unequivocally, yes, my life has been changed. Not because of pastor, but because of what? The word. God speaking through the pastor into your life. The one who's taught the word ought to what? Share what? Now let me, let me explain what the word shear is. The word shear, it comes from a Greek word. The word is kononio. Okay? Kononio. Not kononia, kononio. And the word shear means to contribute. So we want to write that down. To contribute. Or a contribution. The word also means to be an associate. To be a partaker. To distribute or to impart. Get the idea? So now, here's the idea. The one who is taught the word, that's the first who. Who's that? You, right? Is to share. So let's give me the definitions. When I say share, what am I saying? Contribute. Contributions. Partake. What else? To, to be an associate. Okay? To share. Watch this. To share what? All good things. Now watch this. Watch, watch this now. Here's the concept. The idea is that when you're taught the word, good things start happening to you. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I mean, seriously, I, I want to tell you, the day I sat under the Word and I kept going back and I kept... Listen, my life was totally different. I, the, the things I've had, the things God has blessed, good things. 
I've watched people come and I've watched God bless them with all good things. The Bible says that when you're taught the word, the reason why you will have the good things is because of what? The teaching that you got. Because of the teaching that you got. So he says, the one who share, who, who's taught the word is to share all good things with the one who what? Teaches him. So I, I want you to remember Galatians 6.6. 6. So you're tithing, yes. Okay, yeah, pastor, I'm tithing, yeah. I can't, aff- I can't afford anything else. Well, how many ate out recently? A little something-something. You know, some of you bought some stuff, right? Non-essential stuff. So the question is, you're getting a lot of good things out of the teaching. But are you sharing with the teacher that teaches you the word of God? Because the reason why you have all these good things is because you've been taught the word of God. Now watch the next verse. Now, this, this, this is very, it's a very interesting passage. Verse 7 says, now watch this. Watch this now. This is very interesting to me. Do not be what? So here's the thing. Paul is saying that you can be deceived by those good things. (laughs) There's a possibility that you can be deceived because of these good things that you have accumulated in your life. From what? Oh, thank you, Sister Alma. You with me? You on it this morning? You on it this morning? Watch this. He said. He said. He said. The one who teaches you, you get good things. But then he says, "I want you to know something. Don't be deceived, because the devil will get you to think I'm just giving my tithes and that's it." But God says, "You've gotten some stuff that you never had before." You went to places that you never went before. As a matter of fact, if you look at your life, you're complaining right now. But guess what? It's better than what you're looking at. Do I have anybody? And it's amazing how we complain about stuff when, when, listen, when things aren't going our way. But Paul says, don't be deceived. Look what he says. He says, God is not what? Now, this is context. Now, watch the context. What's the context to this passage? Verse 6. Somebody read verse 6 for me again. Now go to verse 7. And then he says, do not be deceived. This is the context. God is not what? So let's scratch our head for a minute and ask ourselves this question. He's saying that when you get all the good things in your life, 
from the one who teaches you. And you don't share, communicate, uh, support, sow back into the teacher's life. Guess what he says? He says, number one, you're deceived. Number two, you're mocking God. Watch this. You, you, you see it? Because remember, you got. Now watch this. Watch this. He says, whatever a man sows, this will he also reap. So here's the thing I'm giving my tithes, but I'm not sowing into the one. Who's teaching me? He says, well, what else do you expect to happen to you? (laughs) But remember, he says that that word mock, you know what the word mock means? It means to blow snot. That's what it means. In other words, you're blowing snot in God's face. God says, if you don't take care of the man of God, the one who's teaching you the word. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be the pastor. Could be your professor at seminary. Amen. Amen. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying, but, but primarily the principal teacher in your life is your pastor. You, you understand what I'm saying? So those little love offering envelopes, what do you think it's there for? And, and, and here's the thing. I have some people, they don't put no $100. They don't put no $200. Sometimes, consistently, they put $5. Consistently. Watch this. I take that 5 and I add it with that 100 Now how much I got? I'm not talking about the dollar amount. I'm saying if you have reaped good things from the teaching, then he says you ought to. You Ought to at least, amen, amen, share. Because what you're doing is, it may be you've been deceived. And he says, you're mocking God, really. But you're only going to reap what you want. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 9 uh, and verse, verse, uh, verse 3. Watch this. You see, what Paul was dealing with here, let me tell you what he's dealing with here. There were some people who were questioning. Oh, he always asking for money. He always, he always talking about money to some degree. He, he want money for this, he want that. Look what Paul says in verse 3. He says, my defense, hallelujah. See, sometimes, and, and you know what, Paul spent most of his ministry defending himself against these super apostles out here. Isn't it amazing that you have all of these prosperity ministries, right? Where the pastor's commanding you to bring $100 down to to the thing. You know, come on up here and sow seed here, sow seed there, do this, do that, right? And here's the thing, they reap so much, but the person that's doing the sowing is not benefiting, the one who's receiving is benefiting. 
And so I want to say this. Remember what he said. This is what I want to say to you. He says, the one who teaches you the word. So if you want to sow a seed anywhere, you sow it into what? Into the man that teaches you. That makes sense to me, doesn't it? Watch what he says. He says, look what he says. He says, to, to, to my defense, to those who examine me, is this. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Huh. Do we not have a right to take along a what? Even as the rest of the apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or do you only, Barnabas and I, not have a right to refrain from what? From what? What do you think Paul was saying? Come on, you got, got some Bible scholars here. What do you think he's saying here? What do you think he's saying? Or do only Barnabas and I have, ha, I not have a right to refrain from what? You know what? You know what Paul was saying? Everybody else ain't working. But Barnabas and I, you know what we got to do? We got to go out here and build tents. Let's fast forward to 2016. I still got to build websites. When I leave, when I leave seminary on at 9.30 at night, sometimes I get home at 10. Guess what I got to do? I'm on, no, I, I'm supposed to study. But I'm on the night shift from 10 to 2 in the morning. Text me tonight. Text me Monday night at 2 and see where I'm at. I'll respond right back. Paul says, do I have to work and they ain't got to work? Do we not have a right? See, the, the church should always say, man, bump that. We're going to take care of our pastor. I'm just explaining what the scripture says. I ain't complaining to you by any ways, any chance, okay? So, listen, I like my freedom, but I'm just saying... Somebody ought to say at some point, this man going to kill himself. Two in the morning, and then I'm back up at nine to do what I got to do. How many hours sleep is that? Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Seven hours. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just saying, I'm just saying something to think about that Paul is saying the same thing. He's like, oh, on, man. He says, look what he says here. He says, who at any time serves as a what? Soldier, man, at his own what? Can I ask a question? Anybody here been in the military? No. Any law enforcement people here? <laughs> let, let me ask a question. Do you have to pay for your uniform? Some of it? Okay. Now, if you were not, not what you're doing, but like a regular cop, some of it, like what? Okay, all right. But I'm talking about, I'm talking about shirt pants. Okay, certain things, they what? They pay for, right? Now, when you go to the military now, you don't pay for nothing. Everything is what? At what? The expense of what? The army. Am I right about it? Look what Paul said. Paul says, who at any time, sir, now this, this is so brilliant. 
because he knew police officers would have to pay for their stuff, see? Watch what he said. He said, who at any time, he could have said police officer, but he said soldier. Well, that's powerful. He says, who as a soldier at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat what? Who tends to a flock and does not use what? The milk in the flock. I am not speaking these things according to human judgment, am I? Or does not the law also says these things? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not what? Muzzle the ox while he's what? Threshing. God is not concerned about the oxen, is he? Or is he speaking altogether for our sake? Yes, for our sake it was written. Because the plowman what? Ought to plow in hope and the thresher to thresh in hope of shearing the crops. What is he saying? In all of these illustrations, what is he saying? If I plant a seed, I ought to get something back. If I'm teaching you and your life is getting better, then you ought to at least. You should care about the one who's sowing in your life constantly. Who's counseling you, praying for you, taking care of your children, making sure they're on the right track. Being an example, a good example. Watch what he says. What's verse 11? Look what he says. If we sow what? If we what? Verse 11. If we sow spiritual things where? Goes back to Galatians 6, right? I think I'm going to have to do this on Tuesday. I think I'm going to have to do this on Tuesday. If we sowed spiritual things in you, Watch the question. Is it too much <laughs> to reap what? How did you get the material things? Because you've been taught the right way. And your life is not the same since you sat under the what? The teaching. Paul says, the soldier, when he goes in the army, he ain't worried about nothing. Listen, the, 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 the farmer who plants the vineyard, he goes out there and he knows he's going to get some fruit from his vineyard. Right? He says, when you muzzle the ox while he's threshing, you know what muzzling the ox means? Holding them down, cutting them off. He says, when you don't give because you've been reaping, you're mocking God because you've been deceived. But he says, if we sow spiritual things in you, is it, listen, Look what he said. Look what he says, y'all. Is it what? Is it too much? So we get up here on anniversary once a year. And we say to our members, uh, would you sow $200 into the life of your pastor? And only a handful of people will do it. 
But you've been benefiting. You've been blessed. You're not the same. Watch what he says in the next verse. If others share the right over you, do we not more, nevertheless? Do we not more? You know what he was saying? Let me tell you what was happening here. You know what was happening here? You want to know what was happening here? You know how to read scripture now. You know what was happening here? Let me tell you what was happening. They were supporting everybody else but the one who was teaching them. They were, they were supporting other apostles rather than the principal teacher who was teaching them. Paul says, if what? If others share the right over you, do we not more? Nevertheless, we did not use this right. See, Paul said, I didn't take advantage of you. But we endured what? All things so that we will cause no hindrance to the gospel. Amen? I'm going to pick up one more time Tuesday night. Amen. I'm going to pick up one more. I got. I got a little. I'm. I'm going to bring lordship, but but I but I but I believe this deserves some dealing with, because a lot of people will want to give to the church, but they have a problem supporting the pastor, and we should never have that conflict. Why in our hearts? Because if we do, then possibly we've been what? Deceived. Amen? Give God a hand clap of praise for me.